the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome into 90210 Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT and joining me as always here at West Beverly is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? JT, I'm doing good. I'm enjoying our summer edition here of 90210. Mm-hmm. This is a, a fun little mini season we're getting here of the show in our in our second season here. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm digging it probably more and more each, each episode. I do love the beach vibe. I like it as a break from school. We still get a little school, too, for those that may be preferring that. But I do like the beach club vibe. Not only that, uh, you know, the cutscene scenery is nice, but I feel like it adds another dimension of the layer. It really gives you more of that Beverly Hills feel. Yeah, for sure. And I just I guess I just like this sort of ensemble that they're crafting like they're not going too heavy with it but you can see all these little relationships and all these little connections forming and and that's like what i think of as the show becoming the show right before our mm-hmm. eyes yeah 100 percent. this definitely is where to me it, it, i agree with you it's really starting to feel like it's settling in and there's a couple of trends that hit me tonight and it's mainly because some of the trackers we do like as you notice too they're tightening up the scenery we're not going as many different places like we've kind of established the world now we go a lot less i feel like in the first season we had a lot more like and i know that's just introducing spots too but Mm -hmm. i think every episode had like maybe like two or three extra places sometimes thrown in this feels like we really shrunk the world down to just a few uh same with characters i feel like yes we've added little ones here and there but it seems like we're staying in the orbit more that the story is a little bit tighter with who's involved so you can just tell that they've kind of figured things out a bit more um, within the concept of the world that they want to build in here at this point. That's true. Yeah. And you got to figure maybe there's a budgetary reason behind that. Um, awesome. you know, they're cranking out a lot of episodes here. Mm-hmm. They're doing something that no other shows really done and coming back so early as we've talked about. Um, but I guess there is comfort in familiarity and we've got a familiar third voice who's going to be joining us. And I, I'm interested to know if he's been following along with us as well and shares our thoughts. So, uh, JT, why don't you introduce our third seat? All right. Yeah, he's been on a couple times before, and it's always great to have him back. He's my co-host over on our sister feed, the North-South Connection. Uh, we host a show called WWE War, and uh, he's just a real jam of guy. It's our buddy Marcus Fuller. Marcus, how are you? I'm good, and uh, I'm hoping that I don't bring any more bad vibes of indiscretions of infidelity with me because uh, <laughs> the other two episodes I've done, uh, some eyes have gone astray. Uh, I think that's the best way to say it. So um, hopefully we're done with that and uh, we can we can uh, move forward as one big happy family. All right. Whatever that means, we're going to go ahead and jump jump right in. Uh, No, it's always good to have you here, buddy. Um, Have you been following along? No? Um, I've been hitting a couple episodes. I've missed a couple episodes. I definitely caught the finale. 
Uh, so I think this is my first episode of the new season. Were you able to pick it up fairly quickly? What was going on? The gists? Oh yeah, definitely. I didn't feel like I really, I would say not like I missed too much. There's definitely been some character development, uh, that I've seen, uh, just in a couple episodes, but, um, I was able to hit the ground running. All right, well, let's go ahead and dial in then. Season two, episode three, episode 25 overall, the series. Aired July 25th, 1991, entitled The Summer Storm. Rating of 18.1, so a big bounce back from last week's drop. Back out of here toward the end of July. And we're going to go ahead and get right into things. So we open at the Walsh House. Jim's all packed up. He's looking for his blue shirt. Brenda said she wore it to the beach. And Brandon gets a little horny. <laughs> Says there's nothing like a girl in a guy's shirt. Gets a little uh, glee in his eye there. We then hear the news that they're watching on TV. The news anchor brings up a story and says, Jack McKay has been indicted on 23 counts of tax evasion. Jim says Brenda breaking up with Dylan was the best thing she ever did and calls him a crook. And Brenda says, hey, he's innocent until proven guilty. We then cut to Dylan, wherever he's staying. I guess I don't know if he's still at the hotel or he's somewhere uh, watching the news yeah, as well. He we, gets a, we don't get an yeah. establishing shot, which I think is funny and, and goes back to your point about how we're, we're not jumping around these different locations. We're just kind of we're just kind of winging it. Right. Yeah. And it didn't look like a hotel it looked like a house. But then as we see mm-hmm. later in the episode, it feels like he doesn't really have a place of his own. So it, it was kind of confusing here when they're trying to establish Dylan. It almost is acting like they're acting like he's homeless or something. But, um, yeah, it's a little, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little it's funny. Uh, so he gets, uh, the phone rings, the answer machine picks up. Brenda leaves a message asking him to pick up, but he just he just doesn't want to. He's watching the news. He's shook uh, by the news of his dad getting indicted and uh, does not feel like answering at that time. We then head over to the beach club. We get a nice little montage, but we hear the voiceover on the PA system saying there are very uh, rough waters today. Three to foot, uh, three to five foot waves, the uh, riptide, all that stuff, right? They're going on about. He tells everyone to be safe out there. Brandon is busting tables. We see Dylan comes in. Uh, he's going out to surf. And Brandon asks Dylan, and I didn't know if this was a surf thing or like meant to be, are you going to be around later? He goes, are you going to be dangling later? Does that mean like hanging? Like he's going to be hanging around? Marcus, you're cool. What does that mean? Um, not that cool. Uh, dangling, I thought like, is that another way to say like hang 10, like dangling your, your feet off the board? I have no idea though. Yeah, I was yeah. I was confused if he meant surfing or hanging out. Yeah, I was a little bit lost on that early 90s lingo, although I'm not even sure it's that just might be something made up for the show. Marcus, ask ask not the tool man. He's pretty hip to the lingo. We'll know. I'll definitely ask him. Okay. Uh, Dylan tells him not to worry about Jack. Uh, Basically, Brandon says that, you know, the whole family's worried. He goes, don't worry about it. I just want to surf. I don't I don't really give a shit. And Brandon, Brandon obviously knows like Dylan's burying this. You can tell. We go to Kelly and Jackie. I was so excited to see Jackie back. Uh, they're at the cabana. Jackie's sober now. Kelly's keeping a watchful eye. But Jackie admits she's kind of bored just sitting here without a martini or without a drink in her hand. Uh, but they do start checking out the hotties on the beach. And Jackie gets a great line and says, the youth is definitely wasted on the young uh, because <laughs> all these guys are super hot. Um, and then as Dylan is walking into the ocean, there's another surfer there. And he warns them about going into the waves. So, uh, Marcus, what do you think of these first three scenes here, starting at the Walsh house up until um, Jackie and Kelly kind of checking out the dudes and Dylan heading out to the surf? 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. I really wasn't sure where Dylan was posted up, but it was somewhere somewhat stable since uh, Brendan knew exactly like where to call him. Um, other than that, I thought they did a good job like establishing where we're at, what's going on, um, you know, and and I guess just the. I guess the the trouble that Dylan's going to be having, um, you know, but I wasn't really blown away, but I mean, it did a, a, a fine job, I guess, as we'd say on another podcast, it was a pretty replacement level, I thought. <laughs> well, um, I believe, not that we get a good look at this this guy, but I, I want to say this is the uh, second of three actors who will ultimately play Jack McKay on this series. Um it might be the same guy that we saw briefly in, in earlier episodes of the show, but mm-hmm. point being it's, it's not Josh Taylor who was no. the, the actor more commonly associated with um, Jack McKay when he becomes more of a regular presence on this show. Um, I Josh Taylor guess, of course, is a MacGyver and uh, next is in the Hogan family, right? <laughs> so well-known actor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I will say that uh, Kelly and first of all, it's great to see Jackie again. Um, yeah, so I mean, excited. we keep we keep including her in our rankings, and and she's coming up with goose eggs because she's only had that one tour de force episode. But um, welcome back, uh, Jackie Taylor. This is great to see her. Um, looking uh, quite fine, as as does Kelly. Um, hanging out on the. On the deck, uh, cruising the guys. That's that's a fun little scene. I, I enjoyed that. Um, so while while I miss um, crazy, unhinged, out of control, you know, mascara running down her face, drunk, coked out of her mind, Jackie, <laughs> um, I do applaud her for uh, seemingly getting get together. And uh, I guess um, it, it seems like she's she's managed to stay sober here and in, uh, in the brief time since. Um, we saw her packing it up off to rehab. So, yeah, just some kind of establishing stuff here. But but um, I'm kind of down for what uh, this episode is setting up so far. Obviously, it wasn't MacGyver. Not, neither of you yeah. even took the opportunity to correct me. But they do look alike, and that was always a joke I used to make. Uh, but he was the dad of the whole Was time. it really? So is that is that like uh, the... Um... <laughs> The pirate who later steals all of D- Dylan's money being uh, <laughs> yes. Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, so it looks like him. <laughs> Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> I love that he's a pirate. We better make it that far, Tim. We need to die. We got to. We've got to make it that far. I have <sighs> to see that episode. It's amazing. oh god, it's, it's so good. That, it's a whole. You know, it's more than. It's like a whole season. He's around. It's a the saga. Pirate. It is a saga. Yeah, it's a whole. Thing. It's great. Um, it's definitely well worth well worth sticking around for, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, hey, if we made it to twenty five here tonight, Tim, we can get to what's another hundred on top of it to get to that point. Right. So I think yeah, we'll be fine. Um, but no, I was excited to see Jackie back. It caught me off guard. I, like I almost jumped out of my seat that she's here. So I'm hoping we'll get more mm-hmm. of her moving forward. Um, even on the wagon, Jackie's okay. Yep. Are right, we going to West Beverly? Andrea is grilling Brenda about Jack McKay, but Brenda blows her off and basically is like, we're not dating. I'm not talking to him. We don't know. They go to theater class where Professor Souter uh, is uh, basically asking for participation. Andrea answers a question and he calls her Andrea and she corrects him and it's Andrea. And oh, this is really the first time she's done that. Like, do you think this was a 
it almost felt like she was smirking when she said it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that like this was a in, like a fourth wall thing because maybe she was always called like Andrea, like not by maybe by fans or by like media or whatever doing interviews about the character. It felt like a, a wink, wink kind of thing when mm-hmm. she says it. Almost. Like zoom in and she kind of smirks and says it's Andrea. So I didn't know if that was like a running joke about the show, you know. Um, I could I could see that. I I I didn't think that at first necessarily, but you know now that you bring it up, maybe it's one of those they're making this sort of a a deliberate affectation to just right identify just to give this character something kind of quirky because it seemed like she was more or less indifferent to it before. Um, the only other time I can think of it coming up was in the slumber party episode with um. Kelly's bitchy friend who kind of yes. gave her some shit of it. <laughs> Andrea, what are you British or something? And you right. know, she just kind of blew it off. Um, but now maybe they're making it more of a thing where, you know, don't call me Andrea. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that being just a, an acknowledgement of, Hey, no, her name really is Andrea. You have to call her that now. At least gives her a little bit of a backbone without having to have like a direct conflict with another character. It's just mm-hmm. like a simple mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this is this is how I like my name pronounced." Yeah. Uh, Donna botches an answer, and Suter kind of rides her a little bit and says, "You know what? He's gonna pick a Juliet for the performance in the class, and he picks her to be Juliet, and then he picks, of course, David to be her Romeo. So, planting more seeds in the David Donna relationship here, finally mm-hmm. giving Donna something to do, perhaps." After being mm-hmm. just really a background player for most of season one, we go back to the beach. Kelly's still uh, eyeing all the dude volleyball. Brandon comes over and jokes that she's studying uh, Kyle very closely. And Kyle indeed comes over because the ball bounces over near Kelly. So he goes to get it. And Kelly says, I want something in exchange for the ball. And then he goes, Well, how about a private lesson? So it looks like Kyle's going to give Kelly a private volleyball lesson the next morning. We see Steve out on the volleyball court. He's kind of aggravated. Uh, that his buddy here is flirting with his ex. We go back home. Cindy is talking to Brenda and Andre about Shakespeare. She makes a joke that just cracks Andre up. Brenda's completely lost by it. Uh, Brenda gets a phone call, and the phone the person calling is looking for Brandon, and then tells her that Dylan has been injured while surfing and is currently in the hospital. So they scoot off to the hospital. Brenda arrives into the ER. We see Dylan resting. He's all bandaged up. He wakes up from his little nap and says the surfing was awesome. And he almost looks euphoric about it, honestly. He doesn't look too upset at all. Uh, Brenda's not as happy about this accident. And he says, you look like an angel as he's staring at her. Uh, she asks why he didn't answer the phone. He says he just could not talk about it last night. He said that Jack's lawyer showed up earlier to give the permission to treat him. And he says he needs Brenda. And, and she goes, I know. And then she goes, well, I got to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just said he needed you and you admitted you knew. And then she's like, all right, peace. Uh, and Brenda says, look, you need to rest. So she goes to him and heads out. Uh, she meets up with Cindy in the uh, ER waiting area. They chat a little bit and we find out that he's got a mild concussion and some cracked ribs. And because he has nowhere to go, he would have to stay in the hospital for like another week to heal. But she said she couldn't do that. So she said uh, that he could come to the Walsh house to recoup. He's got no one else at home. And Brenda's a little annoyed, basically. She's like, that's my ex. You're inviting him home. 
And she's like, well, look, it's Brandon's friend, too, first of all. And second of all, we can't leave him here sitting in the hospital for five days. Uh, Tim, what did you think of this uh, batch of scenes here and the plot to bring Dylan into the Walsh house? Okay, so this is going to be sort of indirectly addressed a little bit later in the episode, but I'm getting the sense that, you know, when Brenda broke up with Dylan, she did that very impulsively. She cited some reasons that I didn't think entirely made a lot of sense. They didn't really track. And it seems like she's trying to stick to her guns and Mm -hmm. just doesn't want to admit that that was that was just a bad decision. Um, Yeah, she knows it. yeah. She she knows it, but she's just not going to let anybody else let on to anybody else. And she's also sort of treating him like he broke up with her, um, yes. which I've noticed like that kind of started last episode and sort of continues here. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's just this uh, it's her being very stubborn, which she is going to be ca- called out on um, coming up here. Uh, but I do like this turn by Cindy of just. that's just a very like commendable Cindy mom move. No hesitation. Mm -hmm. Just going to take this guy in, not even thinking about like the stupid bullshit between him and Brenda. It's like, no, this is someone who is a friend of our family. This is, this is my son's best friend. Um, Of course, we're not going to leave him high and dry. There's no question. Yeah. Like it's not like she has to clear it with Jim or anything. Although of course, certainly he would want her to, but no, she's just going to step up and, make the make the decision and it's like not even a question in her mind which i don't know i've just always liked that side of cindy and it's good to see it on display here um plus you know we for as much of the jim dylan relationship as we get we don't see a lot of cindy's relationship with dylan and they've established already in this show that cindy likes dylan she thinks he's a nice kid basically yes um and kind of sees that he's very needy when it comes to just not having uh, that same sort of parental family structure mm-hmm. that Brandon and, and Brenda do. She's very astute in that. Um, so I, I just, I really like, I enjoyed seeing all of that without it having to be spelled out and, and just to be hit over the head with it. It's just there, it happens and we move on. So yeah, uh, good stuff here and, and all this um you know, drama that that's taking place with this injury that, you know, it's like sometimes he's hurt, sometimes he's not, depending depending on the scene. But whatever we um, I, I like the setup here that gets him into the wall shells. Yeah, fine setup. Um, I liked that uh, um, Cindy just like bringing him in. It felt very Midwesty. Like it's it's just yeah. the right thing to do, and it's a no doubter. And like they've been blessed with you know, the means and the space and everything like that to be able to to host them. But like, even if they didn't, I feel like this is still something that Cindy would have done uh, just because it's the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, and I thought, I thought uh, Brenda's reaction um, and as that plays out uh, throughout the rest of the show, <laughs> I'll get into a little bit more, but uh, that's some of the character growth uh, that I've, I've seen, or at least character development, um, you know, just with, with her reaction, uh, I was, I was kind of taken aback. Like, like have a heart (laughs) dude Mm -hmm. dude, dude's down pretty well i think yeah like tim says you know they're 
with this decision, I think I think she knows it's a mistake, and she's just doubling and tripling down, not wanting to admit it to herself mm. that she kind of botched this one. Um, that's that's like leaking out severely. Yeah, yeah she over. And this situation like, is making it very hard for her to to mm-hmm. do that double and tripling down. All right, Cindy's making dinner and asks Brenda to bring it up to Dylan, and basically says, "I'm not a fucking nurse," uh, and says they told her. You know, Cindy's like, you know, be nice. And she's like, like, you told me not to sleep with a guy. And now you're tucking them in in the next bedroom over. And she's like, I'm going out. So she leaves. Uh, we find out Dylan is sleeping in Brandon's room. They kind of joke around a bit. And Dylan explains what happened. He says it had nothing to do with Jack. He just went out into the surf, lost his balance, fell. And that was that. Cindy brings up dinner. She made him a nice, uh, nice hot chicken dinner. Looking nice. Dylan wants to see Brenda, but she's gone. And they joke about her being stubborn. They all kind of chuckle about that. And Dylan gives a very heartfelt thank you to Cindy for treating him like family. Uh, but Dylan is worried about Jim uh, to Brandon. And Brandon says, no, he's cool. And he's like, your dad is, is a lot of things, but he's not cool. <laughs> so Cindy does call Jim and fills him in. And of course, he is not cool. He's not happy. Uh, she basically says he has no one. His mom lives in Hawaii. And he goes, well, he can go to Hawaii. You know, that's fine. <laughs> and says if Brenda, if he's saying that you better lock Brenda's door. Brandon then visits Brenda in her room. She's reading Hamlet, and she has a good line. She goes, to be a bitch or not to be a bitch? That's the question. Yes. And Brandon basically says, look, you've been, you've been harsh. You should go talk to him. Brenda tells him to stay out of it. And the master class, smart move by Brandon, says, Dylan's right. You are stubborn. And then within seconds, she pulls up into the room and says, I'm not stubborn to Dylan. Um, so that was a good move by Brandon to piss her off enough to go yell at Dylan. Brandon said she needs time. But Dylan says he needs her right now, and he pulls her in. They start to make out, but Brenda yanks away and storms off, storm, storms off, aggravated. Later that night, we get a montage. They're having sleeping troubles. It's kind of a classic 90s movie uh, or show montage where Brenda's stirring, Dylan's stirring. They both get up. They're looking out the window, and then they end up in the bathroom together. They kind of have an awkward debate over who gets to use it. And uh, they head off. So, any thoughts, Mark, on this uh, these couple scenes here at the Walsh House with Jim, Jim calling, and uh, Brenda and Dylan trying, or Brenda trying to avoid Dylan, Dylan's trying to put the press on her. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna go to bat when we get to the end of the episode for Jim. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I really enjoyed Jim this episode, and uh, I, I thought this scene was no exception. Uh, you know, I thought he had the perfect dad reaction, completely logical. Uh, concerned about his uh, his daughter's well-being, both mentally, uh, emotionally, and, and uh, as well as physically too. So, um, and and yeah, the '90s montage it was it was classic. It was kind of tropey, but uh, it worked. It was um, it was it was charming in a way uh, to get them both in the bathroom at the same time. And yeah, just the awkward debate, like uh, like no, like I'll I'll smell your poop first and. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like what are we debating about? like like why i just tell somebody like no you, you go ahead I'll, I'll i'll wait or i'll go downstairs or whatever like i don't know i thought that was a little weird oh wow um smell your food first <laughs> i wish that had been a quote um so in an episode that starts off feeling very uh like dad feelings heavy um, in the absence of Jack McKay and Jim for this, this first little bit of the episode, it kind of turns into a mom feelings episode. Also all the stuff right. with Cindy and now 
now we we get an idea of what Dylan's mom has been up to. Apparently, living in Hawaii, uh, he was gonna spend some time with her, but he's not really into it. She kind of, I don't know. It seems like she's rather absentee in her own way. So it's like they're really laying it on pretty thick that um, mm-hmm. Dylan has got no one in terms of parents here for just different reasons. Um, and I just really enjoyed the the awkward bathroom scene as well. It, <laughs> it, it just feels like a staple of this show. Um, and I feel yes. like at this point, what better time to ask the question to you? Did you guys ever grow up with a, a Jack and Jill bathroom like Brenda and, and Brandon have on, on this series? Where it's no. just sort of, nope. you know, adjoined by a, a bedroom on either side. I actually did have one uh, in the late 90s, but no weird, awkward moments. Like, I just had a stepbrother, so it wasn't a big deal. Oh. Right, um, right. But, Jack um, and Jack. Yeah, I, Jack and Jack, yeah, really. Um, but it was one of those things, like, I didn't think really existed until I actually experienced it myself. And... So really weird not being able to access a a uh, an interior bathroom except from a bedroom. Like that was how it was kind of right, set up. Right. So. Yeah. No, we didn't have that set up. Um, but it is kind of cool. I think it would have been neat to have. Although. Yeah. I feel like it would be kind of stressful at all times, not knowing you're going to walk it on. You know. A little bit, yeah. I mean, but it was rare that you, like, didn't know that somebody was in there. I mean, you can right, right. typically obvious. hear somebody rustling around. Set up like a hostel. Yeah. All right. Or smell uh, someone Kelly... rustling around. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, we go to the beach club. Kelly and Kyle are having their volleyball lesson. Steve is all pissed, but he's trying to play it cool. And Brandon comes up to Steve. He says, you know what? I heard Kyle has a girlfriend, and she's transferring to West Beverly. So Kyle finally asks Kelly out on a date and Kelly is thrilled, but Steve tells her he's playing, he's playing her, he's playing my games, you know, just, and Kelly just thinks Steve's being jealous, which obviously anyone would (laughs) give it his track record. Brenda runs her Shakespeare lines in class and says she's sharing a bathroom with Hamlet, which is another funny line. And uh, Suter warns David and Donna that they're up tomorrow for Romeo and Juliet. We then go back to the beach club. Jackie asks Kelly what she wants for dinner, but Kelly says she has a date. She talks about Kyle, and Kelly wants Jackie to get out on date, too. She's getting out of this cabana and meet someone, but Jackie wants to ease into it. She gets the sobriety, and she says, you go, date. I'll live through you this summer, basically. We cut to another cabana where David and Donna are practicing their lines, <clears throat> and Donna, uh, I thought this is a weird take. I know it plays out later, but right out of the gate here, it comes off like a wicked bitch. She basically says, like... <laughs> David is the worst Romeo ever. He stinks. Uh, she doesn't want to do this anymore because he's so terrible. It's going to look bad on her. They bicker, and she basically tells David, you can be embarrassed on your own. I'm out. So she quits the scene. Uh, and to David's credit, he stays pretty cool about it. He's just, like, not really arguing that he doesn't stink and not really telling her back that she stinks. He's just kind of like, look, I'll fix it. We'll find a way to fix it. So he's uh, he's playing it smooth. Brenda comes home. Dylan's on the couch. He's watching Oprah. Cindy's out shopping, so he's home alone. Uh, Brenda goes to the kitchen. Dylan asks for a soda, a sandwich, an apple, a blanket, his book, which is all great trolling of Brenda. And then he basically says, I want you, too. And she finally breaks. She dives on him, and they start making out. And she said it's been the hardest thing ever to stay away from him. And so, like you said, Tim, kind of admitting it was a mistake to do what she did. 
And right on cue, as you can imagine, <laughs> the door opens Man. and in comes Jim. They're making out on the couch. Brenda and Dylan try to explain what happened. Uh, Jim just loses it and says Dylan is taking advantage of the entire Walsh family and their, uh, them being nice to him. And, you know, that includes his daughter. And away we go. So let's pause here before we get to Jim uh, going further in on Cindy. But, Tim, what did you think to this point when Jim came storming in that room? Ooh, yeah, um, that's a Jim blow up the likes of which we really haven't seen on this show to date, I feel like, where he is like directly like we've seen him get mad, but like not so much in the moment where he he stumbled into something that he really should not have seen. Right. And he right, just yeah. blows his stack. Uh, it, it's usually him reacting to something after the fact here is mm-hmm. like it's right in front of his fucking face. And oh, my God, like it just. What a nightmare. I, I feel like I'm going to have anxiety dreams over this scene right here. Him just walking in on them. Um, just the worst possible thing he could, he could imagine. Just, I mean, cause he called it, right. He said, this is what's going to happen. And it's, it, it just feels like they're flaunting it. I'm sure to, and to his mind, it's like, they're, they're just basically flaunting this in front of me now. And um, he's just, he's furious. Um, so, so we get some mad dad, Jim Walsh, um, that is, uh, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna place him highly. Let's just say in in the character rankings for this one, because um, boy, do we get some uh, some fine acting out of James Eckhouse here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Brenda is not delicate, by the way, when she throws herself onto Dylan. This guy <laughs> no, with, like, she's banged up, injured ribs, like slams it on his ribs like Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah, not not that he's gonna fight her off, but I mean, it's like. Damn girl. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was just a, what an incredible scene. Uh, well, and, and, then, and again, that's what I think of as this is the show, right? The, the tumultuous relationship with it between Dylan and Brenda and Jim just losing his mind on the sidelines. And when, when Jim comes in too, she pushes off of Dylan to, to talk to him and like slams oh, yeah. into his ribs again. He's like, Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, what'd you think Marcus of all this? Oh man, um, I might I might relate a lot more to Jim than I ever would have anticipated as a dad because uh, when when Brenda slams on top of Dylan and they start making out, uh, I, I I said to myself to just sit there. I said, "What the hell is going on?" And of course, Jim comes in and he says the exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> so we we had the same reaction, and uh, I, I took Jim's reaction. And uh, really, his whole his whole anger, his dad anger over this, as we've called it, um, I thought it was mostly fueled from the emotional aspect of wanting to protect Brenda. Uh, of course, we've had uh, you know the the pregnancy, you know, scare if you want to call it. Um, but I I gathered from the phone call with Cindy and now from this that he was trying to protect his daughter from the emotional. You know, off, on again, off again. You know, are we going to be together? Are we not going to be together? Like the, mm-hmm. the kind of of damage that that can do to a young lady. Like I, I thought that's what he was trying to protect his daughter from. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this scene. Uh, <laughs> a highlight of the episode for me. All right, so we go upstairs. Jim is losing it on Cindy. She's trying to calm him down. You know, and basically he says like he's gonna go. 
And she says, no. They said he's going to rest for five days. That's two more days. And he says, fine, two more days. And Don Juan is out of here. Brenda and Dylan overhear everything from the hallway. There's such a gym led Don Juan. Uh, Kelly and Kyle are on the beach still. Uh, well, actually, not still. They're now on their date. And Kyle admits he broke up with his girlfriend. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He says it got too serious. And Kelly gets it. She seems actually relieved because she doesn't want serious, right? This has been what she's been looking for. And she says, screw it. Let's go skinny dipping. So she strips down and jumps in the ocean. And Kyle's like, ah, it's going to be cold. And uh, what are you doing? And then he gets her a towel. He came off like a real loser at that point. <laughs> I mean, it's like the hottest girl in school is getting yeah. naked in the ocean. You're alone on the beach. And he's like hemming and hawing. Kelly starts to kiss Kyle, but he stops her and reveals he's just not into it because she's coming on too strong. And Kelly says, you are playing mind games. Steve was right. And she breaks down crying and wants to go home. So we go back to the Walsh house. Dylan comes in. He leaves a goodbye note for Brenda. She's sleeping. We then cut to the next morning where Brenda wakes up and reads the note and just goes down to breakfast and loses it on Jim and says, I'm going to find Dylan, calls Jim a jerk. We go back to the beach. Kyle's running laps and Steve runs up next to him. He's looking for dirt on the date. You know, how did it go? Did you guys get close? But all the usual snide Steve stuff. Kyle won't give him anything. And Steve says, basically, well, you guys are a couple now. Kyle says they're not a couple. And Steve grills him on why nothing happened between him and Kelly. Kyle then finds Kelly. He wants to talk, but she ignores him. Steve comes over. He trolls a bit more. We cut over to Donna sunbathing. David comes over and tells her not to quit. And David says he knows a way how they could do this and get an A for sure. But first, Donna has to apologize to what she said and admit that she sucks, too. And she does. She uh, basically admits that she was overcompensating for being terrible and shitting on David. Cindy tells uh, Brenda and Brandon that Dylan was supposed to be in Hawaii for the summer, but he blew it off. And now nobody can find him. So she says that the, the lawyers called basically and they told her that he was supposed to spend the summer with his mom, but he no showed. We cut to the beach club. The winds are wild. It's nighttime. There's an employee making the rounds. There's trash flying everywhere. Uh, Dylan shows up and he breaks into an old cabana, which we uh, eventually find out was his old one, his uh, Jack and his family's old cabana. And he puts a lighter for light and kind of falls asleep on the couch. Uh, as he's having flashbacks, memories of Jack with him at the beach and the water saying he'll never drop him. And Dylan just breaks down crying and then passes out. Uh, this is a really intense scene, mm. and I was actually fearful that they were going to do a fire, <laughs> that mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the lighter was going to mm-hmm. set the cabana on fire. I was hoping not. Uh, all right, so a lot going on here, Marcus. Uh, talk us through your thoughts on you know everything from Jim losing on Cindy right through Dylan collapsing here at the cabana and passing out. Again, um, I'm really siding with Jim <laughs> in this episode, but um, you know being a little harsh trying to give Dylan the boot right away, uh, or giving him the uh, you know the two days. Um, I guess Steve was kind of right. Like, uh, this, this Kyle guy is, is playing mind games, uh, or so it seems. Um, so like even, even though steel, uh, Steve, as, as you guys have tracked, like when you need to heal up somebody on the show, like Steve's a okay person to kind of make be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the vibe I got here. Like he's a jerk, but he's kind of right. Uh, as far as we see, like, you know, what's really going on with this Kyle guy? What what are his true intentions? Right. And uh, Kelly's just kind of, you know, getting hurt in the process. Um, and then I thought the scene with Dylan um, 
was really, really um, powerful. He really showed like how vulnerable mm-hmm. he can be as a character. Um, I thought that was appropriate that he shown showed that vulnerability when he was all alone. Um, and that really is the issue is that uh, any any hope he had um, of like having that little bit of like childhood innocence is gone. Uh, he's truly alone. Uh, he's been abandoned. Uh, I, I definitely picked up on that. A strong sense of abandonment there. And uh, yeah, I was waiting for the fire. Uh, I'm with you. That was, yeah. that was really dangerous. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope no teenagers uh, in the, the early 90s tried to, <laughs> to replicate that because, you know, that, that was that was really dangerous. But um, I thought this was a good string of scenes and, um, you know, really good character development for um, for Dylan, just showing that vulnerability. And adding a lot of depth to him suddenly. Mm-hmm. You know? What do you think, Tim? Yeah, no doubt. Um, This is very melodramatic, this sort of confrontation between Brenda and Jim, Um, but it's not too over the top. And I appreciate it for that, because like Marcus, I can definitely see where where Jim is coming from. Not that I'm a, uh, a dad myself of a teenage girl, but like I get it. You know, I, I definitely see his point of view and I see hers at the same time, though she hasn't made you know, great decisions here. She, she kind of, um, is pulling from some pretty good reasons why, uh, you know, Jim is being really out of line here. Um, and, and rather unreasonable in his treatment towards Dylan under these circumstances. So I I can kind of, kind of see where both of them are coming from and think they, they equally have, maybe not equally, but each have valid points and, that's just more of what I really love this show for that, that kind of um, relatable melodrama. Uh, I haven't really said anything so far about this whole Kyle Kelly thing yet. So I guess I'll, I guess I'll get into it here. Um, First of all, uh, the character Kyle is played by uh, an actor by the name of David Lasher. I think people would be forgiven for thinking that he was, one of the Lawrence brothers or one of the Marsdens or something. Cause he <laughs> I, I definitely has, thought he was James Marsden. I'm not going to lie. That's what it looked he like to me. Totally has that look. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I really thought he was one of those guys. And I was like, David Lasher, who the hell is that? Um, cause I, I can't think of him really being in anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but anyway, wow. I, go I, I picked up right away. Like I, I was like, Oh, that's that effing dude from uh, Sabrina. Uh, is that what he is? Oh, is yeah, it? yeah, he's uh, he's he's the uh, the other boyfriend um towards towards the end of like the last four seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't a big Sabrina watcher, so I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have caught that. Um, but anyway, like I we we had talked before about like our our last episode, JT. Neither you or I like remembered that one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of did remember this episode a little bit better and I knew where they were going with, um, his character, this character of Kyle. Um, but at the same time, you know, here on rewatch, I, similar to you, I, I thought this whole scene on the beach, um, where he just, you know, kind of looks like a loser. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought he played, I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, uh, he, he plays closeted as a little bit too, Ew, girls, icky. For well, what I and think I kept waiting. For. 
and I can't, I guess we'll get to it, but I kept waiting for the reveal, but even mm-hmm. that's like hedged. And I don't know, I guess they were trying to slow burn. Maybe yeah. he'll be back in the future and, and go further with this. But um, yeah, it, it was almost like a little, again, I got I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, it's like to be I mean, that we'll get there. But, um, yeah. but it was like, it was just weird how, if anything, I would think he'd be, I guess everybody's different, but overcompensating even more. But he, it's like, I don't know, it just felt like the writer is not really knowing how to write a closeted uh, teen, especially like jock sort of character. Right. He just, that it just really didn't come across as authentic. But shit, this is 1991. It's practically a miracle that this character even exists. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, it, that is what it is. Uh, David and Donna, I <laughs> their little subplot. Um, I thought they did an acceptable job of smoothing over how sort of shitty Donna was in that earlier scene yes. by, by just saying, "Hey, um, yeah, I know I'm bad too. I just didn't want to admit it, so I've been kind of taking it out on you." Because one of the things that you think of with the Donna Martin character, um, lover or hater. I think she's just one of the genuinely nicest characters on the show. She's just a nice person, right? So to see her acting like such an asshole to David um, does read like, okay, we still don't know who this character is yet. We're still sort of figuring it out in the writer's room. But um, they did sort of smooth that over with this the second scene. Yeah, between the and two I think the them. one thing we, one of the things we have seen with Donna so far, right, is that, when she had kind of the learning disability thing, like she's definitely very self-conscious. Right. There's also that. Yeah. And she does have a learning disability. So, uh, she's clearly going to be feeling pretty self-conscious about that. She, Cause she's probably taking this class in the summer thinking, all right, this should be a pretty easy a, right. And I'll get some credits for it. And that'll, that'll make life easier for me when we go back to school in the fall. And it's like, I, you're telling me I, I'm going to flunk this, acting class i'm taking like she's you know she's got to be pretty pissed mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it, it all comes together reasonably well um so it, and it's you know it's a good example of the show finding things for all of the characters to do even if they're not all together as one big group um right. like we're gonna see later on all right the next morning brandon's cleaning up all the windblown debris there early and he notices one of the cabana doors is open so he pops in he sees dylan sleeping on the couch he wakes him up brandon says you can't sleep here they're gonna call the cops if they find you dylan shows him this was his cabana back in the day shows little marks on the wall where they measured his height brandon asks dylan why he didn't go to hawaii dylan's basically how'd you find out about that he says the lawyers called my mom uh and he says you know tells dylan that his mom's worried about him and Dylan says, no, she's not. She's too busy for me. She's a flake. And he wants nothing to do with her. But Brandon pushes, says, forget it. You know, you can get past it. Kyle shows up. He's happy to see Dylan is feeling good. Kelly comes over and Kyle explains and says he didn't want to insult her. Kelly says, just let it go. I don't want to keep hearing about it. And Kelly said, uh, Kyle says he didn't know. Uh, he doesn't know what his type is. And maybe he's just stuck on his old girlfriend. I don't know what's going on, but I'd love to be friends. I like you a lot. And Kelly seems to be OK with it. 
We go back to Jim. He's giving Brenda shit about loading the dishwasher and how the best way to do it. They bicker like a married couple. And Brenda says, maybe they're just done being raised. And Jim says, uh, or, or tells Jim he did not have to throw Dylan out. And Jim defends his actions, but Brenda's not having it. And Brenda basically says, I want to help Dylan and I need your help to help me do that. And Jim kind of crumbles when he hears his daughter say that and realizes like, yeah, she's trying to do the right thing and she still needs her, him as a dad to help him do, help her do that. And he says, we're all going to take care of him. Uh, and Brenda has to understand, you know, in Jim's mind, this change is happening very quickly with her going from daddy's little girl to being grown up. So he's struggling. Uh, this is a good scene. Again, it kind of rehabs the relationship. We've seen this a few times with them. You figure one of these times that may not happen, but to this point it's happened <laughs> every time they've kind of, you know, fixed it. We get highlights of a beach volleyball game. Steve's just being an asshole. He's firing shots at Kelly over the net. She keeps, getting, <laughs> she keeps rebounding. So good for her. She's, she's shutting her back at him, but he's really like hammering her with these. Uh, Kyle's hat. He comes over. He tackles Steve into the sand and says that he doesn't know when to give up. And Steve comes out. He's been holding this in, but he comes firing. He says, uh, you know, you're not even a real man. If you can't even make it with Kelly Taylor, and which is a shot of both of them. Kelly says Kyle's wonderful, and they were together last night, and Steve doesn't know anything, so she kind of sticks up for him, and Steve uh, scampers off, not very happy. We go to theater class. David and Donna are doing their scene, and they're doing it comedically, where David is dressed up as Juliet, and Donna is playing Romeo. Everyone's cracking up. Uh, I thought it was well done. They've shown that they're a good team now, and that's something that will continue on into the future, too, where they work together and kind of play, play a little stoogy uh, roles. Professor Suter says they took the easy way out. It was very funny, but they're going to have to do it again the right way. And I thought this was a bit of a underrated joke. It was also probably a little edgy at the time. He tells David, do it straight, mm-hmm. uh, which everyone kind of takes as a double entendre because David's in drag. Uh, so, I, you know, that was it felt a little uh, next level for the show at that point. But uh, Marcus, what did you think of the scenes up until here now? Uh, I thought this was a wonderful series of scenes. Uh, going all the way back to Brandon and Dylan, uh, you know, waking Dylan up and 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 Brandon trying to like give him advice and get him to talk and you know go see his mom and uh, I thought it was good of Dylan to like have those boundaries that he set with his mom and his reasons for not going, whether they're you know rational, rational, justified or whatever, he has those boundaries and I thought that spoke a lot to his character. It's uh, to really stand his ground there. Um, but then Brandon just kind of <laughs> minimizes and, and dismisses them. Be like, ah, you can get over it. Um, you know, but again, kind of a, a Midwesty charm there with Brandon maybe doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't have that kind of, you know, poor relationship with his mom. You know, he's got a, a great family unit. Uh, I absolutely love Steve just hammering <laughs> the volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could definitely put myself in the in Steve's uh, shoes there in in the sand with him. Um, you know, when uh when it's time to go, it's time to go. It's time to be competitive. Uh, and he says she can't take it. You know, she she can leave. Um, thought the tackle was a little weak. Definitely needs uh work on his ground and pound game. Does Kyle? Um, Tim, one more thing about Kyle. You mentioned that yep. he, he could pass as a Lawrence brother. <laughs> He's actually on two shows uh, with with Joey Lawrence. Uh, he See, had a run on go. Blossom. I think he was on there for a couple seasons. And then um, he was Whoa. on Melissa and Joey. 
Uh, that in, sounds in exactly like the type of show this this actor would be on. Yes. Well, Melissa they showed both of them, right? Because uh, if he was on Sabrina with Melissa Joan Hart, so. Yeah. And the guy. Wow. So. Yeah, and then. And MacGyver, yeah. And yeah, of course, MacGyver. Did MacGyver have like a son later on in that show? I don't know. I'm not sure. Like an illegitimate son or something he tried to connect, reconnect with or something. Maybe, maybe he played that kid. I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. Um. Yeah. So I I guess I'll just pick up from that thread. Um. uh, Kelly, I thought came off very well, very well in this. Again, 1991 coming out scene that isn't quite a coming out scene like mm-hmm. you said jt it's it's a little bit hedged the way that they do it but i i thought it was i don't want to say as good as you're going to get for the time period but it was also we'll get one more feel, scene on it too yeah we do yeah and, and that did feel authentic and more realistic in ways that his portrayal earlier when they're just hanging out on the beach did not i i thought this came off as um you know, kind of, kind of true to life. Um, and I mean, this is an enormous amount of trust that he is instilling in Kelly Taylor, this girl he's kind of just met, um, that first of all, she's going to be able to handle this and not, um, you know, be an asshole about it. But also he's not, you know, publicly coming out. He's just telling her in confidence. So, you know, don't blow my cover, basically. Uh, so this is like a big, big deal for for this kid. You got to figure, put yourself in his shoes. And um, Kelly really takes it in stride. Uh, she's like, yeah, we can. You can tell she's disappointed because she wants to jump his bones. But it's like, yeah, we can we can just be friends. I'm, I don't care that you're figuring things out or full on gay, whatever it is. Like, that's I don't give a shit. Like, that's not who I'm about. Um, so yeah, it's credit to her character, really um, showing some, again, some depth that we know that, I mean, we've known all along that she possesses. It's just nice to have those reminders sometimes uh, cut to then uh, David and drag, which yeah, in the whole play it straight next time. Yeah. They're, they're kind of being a little bit edgy with, with these scenes back to back. I feel like, um, but I did the, think the role reversal was kind of funny. I thought they pulled it off. David and Donna did. And uh, I, I like that uh, that Mr. Elvis face is still going to hold their feet to the fire and, and make them do it the right way eventually. Uh, so perhaps the pairing of David and Donna uh, is not quite done for this uh, whole acting class. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Um, I am relieved that Dylan did not burn down the fucking cabana. That would have been (laughs) a touch too far for this episode, which has already had a lot of um, just a lot going on. (laughs) So that, that would have been maybe a bridge too far. Um, But yeah, we, uh, we kind of put a pin on, put a pin in and where things stand with him and his parental relationships. And Brenda has the necessary reconciliation with Jim um, I'm pretty much locked in for all of this. I think this has been a fantastically paced episode. Like it, it hasn't lost my interest at any point so far and to juggle all these characters and all these different subplots. Um, they've done a nice job with this one. So I'm, 
you know, I, I, I'm ready for the wrap up here. Uh, and I, I feel like they've really earned this one. Yep. Nope. I agree with all that. Um, especially too, as someone who, uh, I, the David Donna stuff resonated with me because I was always someone who, um, would take uh, any chance to do any kind of oral report and make like a video instead. Mm, um, yeah, a, I wanted to make else. a video, but B, uh, it just was easier than getting up and talking in front of the class. So it, it resonated with me that they tried to find a workaround to this. So good on yeah. them. And it shows again that their creativity and their chemistry is in place. All right. Here's a scene you were kind of referencing, Tim. Kyle and Kelly are walking the beach again. And he tells Kelly he's never slept with a girl before. And she goes, fine. And, and that she's the first person he ever told. And she's like, no big deal. You're a virgin. Who cares? Uh, but he says he's not sure he wants to sleep with girls. And she says, are you gay? And again, he says, I'm not sure. I'm just confused. And I wish I was attracted to you because you're the hottest girl in school. Kelly promises not to tell anyone. And Kyle says he trusts her. And she's like thrilled at this, that someone is putting his trust in her, especially after all the stuff with Steve that went down. Kyle says he was testing himself. And Kelly's kind of trying to make sure it wasn't her, right? She's like, so you just did that to test yourself? Yep. So it's not me. It would have been any girl, right? And he's like, yes, it would have been any girl. <laughs> so I, I do think this is well done, Tim, like you were saying. Like for a 1991 scenario with this, it wasn't commonplace on, on media, uh, on TV or movies. So I thought this was um, – they went about it the right way. I kind of like the ambiguity. I think – a lesser show is, and this is what I was expecting was that he's going to be like, yeah, I'm gay. I just haven't told anyone. Right. But he sold it well with the angst, the nervousness of just not, he just doesn't know what he wants to be right now or, or not what he wants to be, but what he is. Um, and you could tell that it was just driving him nuts, you know, and then having Steve bully him and everything else going on wasn't helping. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, we've talked about how, when you need to heal a character up, it's it's you look to Steve, um, but they didn't go too far. And again, I, I appreciate that as well. It's you don't have Steve throwing around, you know, any gay slurs or anything like that. Um, no. And Steve, the good I mean, thing by this point, too, is that we, we know why Steve's doing this. Right. He's not. It's not because he's an asshole. Whereas a season ago, we might have thought that. Ever since the prom one where we know what he's got going on. We know how he feels about Kelly. Yeah. Bad, like ignored and all this other stuff. So like we know he's doing this because he's acting out because of how he feels about Kelly, which is is good for a change. Right. We're not just thinking, oh, it's this asshole, Steve. Right. Right. But I was I was kind of waiting for for Steve to like call him a sissy or a pansy or, you know, one of these coded, not so coded. Um mm-hmm words and he he never gets there um he does do kind of a little finger twirl thing which might have been a, a little bit of improv <laughs> on the part of in zeering but um i don't hate it uh like they they preserve the integrity of of the character while right. still placing him in this antagonistic um position yeah. steve can't make any digs because i mean he got <laughs> double legged uh, down into the sand so yeah you know, exactly. what, what would that make him he also got dumped by the 15-year-old last episode or whatever. <laughs> Did get shut down. So <laughs> For David, yeah. He's struggling uh, right now. But uh, the other thing, too, is like we know that Kelly's so hungry for trust and for friendship and all this other stuff. So Kyle kind of makes her day. You know, she she almost craves that just as much as she craves, like, wanting to True. sleep with him, you know? Yep. She wants to be that person that people mm-hmm. confide in. She doesn't want to be looked at as the stupid party girl who – right. You know, you're just along for the ride because, you know, she has good connections. 
All right, we wrap up at the Walsh house. Uh, Brandon tells Dylan that Jim wants – actually, we're still at the beach club. Brandon tells Dylan that Jim wants him home, but Dylan says he knows when he's not wanted. And Brandon basically says, look, if you don't come home, Brenda's never going to forgive Jim, ever. So we cut back to the Walsh house. Brenda comes in. Dylan and Jim are having a talk about Jack and talking about Dylan's finances. And, you know, Jim's trying to be helpful here. And Dylan said, and so he basically says he has no cash, no assets besides the car. And Jim's like, well, what's the plan like for your future, for your support? Like, was anything put in place by Jack? And Dylan says the plan is that he's supposed to go to Hawaii and live with his mom per the deal. And Jim says, look, we'll figure things out. You can stay, you know, stay for a while while we get yourself on your feet. And Jim apologizes to Dylan for the way he behaved. And Dylan says, why do you treat me like I'm not good enough for your daughter? And Jim admits it. He goes, yeah, I haven't been fair, but it's not you. Nobody would be good enough for my daughter. And I thought this was key because it has felt all along that Jim was unfairly going at Dylan because of his dad. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that they hedge this and he's basically, well, look, it's a dad thing. It's not you. It's just nobody is good enough. Uh, And Dylan gets a great line and he goes, well, you know what they say? Girls look for guys that remind them of their father. (laughs) Jim laughs. He's like, not in this case. Uh, (laughs) Jim says, Jack maybe needs to hear from Dylan and Dylan should be honest when he talks to him. Uh, And then we close with Dylan writing a letter to his dad and narrating it and him and Brenda say goodnight. So uh, this is a really good scene to close it. I think again, it, you know things are going to explode at some point with these two guys, but they're slow burning it best they can. They're really trying to uh, build the tension. So Jim backs off this time, welcomes Dylan into the home to help him get on his feet. Uh, but you know that you know a storm is probably brewing here. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that it's a decent wrap up for this episode, but still mm-hmm. leaving things very open ended. You know, where are we going? With the question of Dylan's finances, with the question of his living arrangements, because uh, it's like, well, you don't want to live with your mom, but uh, what other option have you got? Because Jim is still making it pretty clear that this is a a temporary <laughs> uh, tenancy mm-hmm. uh, situation. Like he's he, he's he's backed off of it. You know, this whole you know you can't stay here under you know under my roof with my daughter. Da da da. But it's like he's he's not going to tolerate this indefinitely. So they've got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed this heart to heart between the two of them, which uh, we haven't gotten between these these two characters before. And also connecting on the level of, I mean, finances, really, because that's the one thing that Jim can talk to yes. Dylan about and give. And it's nice that he's doing advice. it. Right. So mm-hmm. he's not just saying when you figure it out, you can you can stay th- like he's like, uh, you know, showing that he's going to help him figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to help you figure this out because th- this is what I do. This I, I know what I'm talking about, you know, and um, Dylan hasn't had that kind of guidance. And it's very practical guidance that he absolutely needs. So, yeah, this is um, all, all very, all very um, well written, I thought. Yeah, fantastic close uh, to the episode, and I really liked how they were able to you know, compare and draw these two characters together. Uh, I think in the episodes, at least, that I've been on, uh, we've seen Jim be like the retired alpha male, um, but he's still got some of the tiger in the cage. And um, so I thought the comparison between like, you know, Dylan and Jim was like, oh, probably not all that far off it's just you know it's it's been a long time for jim he, um he, you know he, he's he's lived a life and he's he's 
changed his ways and he's made decisions and he's changed things about himself so that his family can have this life. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was pretty interesting and I'm, I'm definitely invested in like seeing that relationship and those dynamics moving forward. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just nice to see, you know, Midwesty Jim, uh, you know, match Cindy and and welcome welcome Dylan in for you know the time being um not putting a definite date on it but setting a boundary you know hey this isn't this isn't going to be a forever thing and you know using his expert expertise as you said to him to to help him out and to hopefully get him on his feet and moving forward all right so that wraps up the episode uh why don't we get into our awards here uh best scene there's a couple contenders but I think uh, Jim coming home to Brenda and Dylan making out was was the best one. And there are a lot of con- more contenders than usual for this category. Mm-hmm. I will say for this episode, um, that is like the best and the worst scene altogether because it's it's just such against such an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's good, uh, Mad Dad Jim. So I, I've got a, I've got to back you up on that one, JT. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Close second, though, I thought was uh, Jim and Brenda with the dishwasher and mm-hmm. um, Jim's vulnerability uh, for the episode. Like he finally comes clean and and shows his vulnerability as a character and just how quickly things are moving for him and and his concerns. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give the nod to to Jim coming home. Because that was <laughs> just fantastic delivery. <laughs> All right, most important scene. I, I went with a tie because um, I think they're equally as important. One is Jim and Dylan mm. making amends um, because that needs to happen to further the storyline, and it's a big one. And then David and Donna getting cast as Romeo and Juliet because obviously that's going to start to push forward one of the keystone relationships of the show. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh God. I I almost want to give it to. Uh, Dylan's lonely cabana break-in where he's Mm -hmm. kind of holding himself on the couch uh, and reminiscing. But I think we have seen a version of that scene before in the show, probably in his first episode, um, Dylan's. And I I would like to say I recognize it at the time. So as, as good as that is, and as good as Luke Perry is at playing that kind of sad sack kicked puppy dog that look there's a reason why this guy connected with so many teenage girls mm-hmm. in the 90s look no further than scenes like this um boy um i think i'm gonna say the heart to heart between dylan and jim at the end it's my most important just thinking ahead to where everything's going to go between the two of them and Dylan's finances. And just like, it's going to be a whole ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt like it was the heart to heart as well. Okay. All right. Most nineties look, um, nothing jumped out severely to me in this episode, but I want Steve's bathing suits and hats, like just everything he wears on the beach. Mm. (laughs) Incredibly early nineties. Yeah, um, yeah, nothing too two nineties here. Um, 
some of Cindy's outfits, I feel like I always default back to Cindy. Mm-hmm. But again, she she kind of looks like she's doing a Popeye cosplay in some of the scenes. <laughs> and just in the Walsh home, it's yeah, she like got almost, that one striped shirt with an anchor on it early on. Yeah, and it's like it's sort of faux nautical, but she's not at the beach at the same time. It's just a mm-hmm. it's just like a very summertime Cindy look, I guess, for for 1991. So I'll give it to her. Yeah, and for me, it was it was Kyle, just his existence because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I recognized him from Two of a Kinds, so Really the Teenage Witch, um, Blossom. I was like. Just a very 90s guy in general. All right. Most 90s moment. Uh, the um, Brenda and Dylan sleeping was my choice for a while until we got Dylan's intense 90s music video breakdown of the cabana. I mean, that that, that screamed like, you know, you throw on MTV and U2 or some song, whatever comes on. It's like. You know, he's got the candle going, basically. He's crying on the couch. We get the black and white flashbacks. Like, it just felt like extreme 90s. Um, extreme would be another band. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like something like that, right? Just like this heavy scene of him uh, just weeping on the couch as this, you know, intense music plays. It really is directed like a music video. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to single out that scene as well. But particularly, I'm going to point out Dylan fumbling around in the dark with a Zippo lighter, which (laughs) who even has these? I mean, I guess people still have them, but it it seems like such a look. That's what you held up at concerts before everyone had cell phones. Right. So it's like, I I don't think it gets much more nineties than just that aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Cosign with you guys. All right, lesson, best lesson learned. I went with make sure your dad's not pulling in the driveway when you go to make out with the boyfriend that he hates. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Um, so I went with uh, don't be too reckless when all you've got to depend on is you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if things worked out pretty well for Dylan. He, you know, these Walsh people are so kind and hospitable towards him, but there's a version of this where they're like, mm, sorry, can't help you out, kid, you know, and he's fucked. Yeah, for me, it was it was don't get caught um, being in the same house with Brenda. I think Dylan knew eventually what was going to happen or at least hoped it. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jim was wise to it. He knew it was going to end up happening. Um, but that being said, you just can't get caught. Um, and he ended up getting yeah. caught. They do. All right, uh, best hookup. Uh, I had Kyle and Kelly planned, but that went awry. So I ended up going with Dylan and Brenda, uh, making out on the couch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess best reunion, really. I mean, they've been, it's funny to think they've been broken up for a whole episode. Doesn't it feel like they've been for several episodes now broken up? But no, she dumped him in the season premiere. Episode two, they're broken up. This episode, it's not so much that they have established that they're back together, but they're making out and they're sure going hot and heavy again. So yeah, best hookup. Now I was convinced at some point best hookup was going to go to Jackie and like some little uh, volleyball kid. (laughs) (laughs) I kept waiting for it to see her shack it up with some high schooler, but never got it. So (laughs) I'm going to give it to the uh, super fly splash that Brenda hit 
<laughs> on Dylan on the couch. <laughs> it was the best hookup. I bet that's cool. This had a lot of them in this episode. I, only, I marked down two specific here. Uh, to be a bitch or not a bitch, that's a question by Brenna. That was a good one. And then when Steve is pummeling Kelly with the ball and Kyle gets pissed, he goes, this is an A game. If she can't take the heat, she shouldn't play. And then he does like this finger snap and laughs. It's like, yes, I, I don't even know what he even did. It was like, this is ridiculous. He thought he hit like the best singer of all time, but just him saying this is an A game. Like this is the elites playing the beach volleyball game. Um, just a great. That's line. what I was just, talking. To, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Where I, that was the one bit of maybe sass that that Steve was putting on, in lieu of you know mm-hmm. going in on the the gay slurs and whatnot. But um, I, I thought so it was good. very well served. It was pun intended, right? Well served. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you have any? Uh, gosh, we already mentioned it, but uh, Brenda's to be a bitch or not to be a bitch. That's a question um, that popped me. Um, I had three real quick. Uh, Jim on the phone with Cindy. When it comes to Brenda, he can move. Uh, <laughs> talk about Dylan. Uh, Steve's it's a summer fling. He can have her. Uh, just vicious delivery there. Very dismissive, <laughs> Kelly. And then uh, my favorite was Jim's. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Yes, that was great. All right, final grade. I, I really like this episode. I debated going eight, but I didn't feel like uh, eight eight to ten to me is like the elite tier. I felt like a little short of that. So I, I thought this was in line with the season premiere uh, where Brandon gets the job. We like that one a lot. Um, you know, the same with the Roger, Brandon and Roger from the toward the end of season one. Uh, I felt like similar to those, like a lot of good tension. It was it was entertaining. We get some good storyline development. It's just, it's not like in the icons here. So I went just below that at seven and a half out of 10. Hmm. I'm going to also go seven and a half out of 10 for basically the same reasons. Um, It's a very good episode. I like a lot. It's just not the most important episode in the world. It's, It's a lot of set up and, and planting seeds for things that are going to pay off down the line in and of itself. It's, it's not the biggest in the world, but it's, um, it's just, it's sneaky. Good. It, it's, mm-hmm. you know, whereas last week was kind of an example of what the show is like when it's, when you get a bad episode, it's still pretty entertaining. Like this is what the show could be on a regular right. basis. I feel like this is kind of a good baseline of, of quality um, you know, that is just short of that elite level, like you said. Yeah, and seven and a half for me as well is what I have written down. Um, about A, B, and C plots all hit and move things along. And even though I don't know exactly where everything is heading, I could tell that this was like a big seed setting episode. Um, so I'm happy that I correctly picked up on that uh, with what you guys have said. So yeah, seven and a half for me. All right, let's get to our trackers here. Uh, the songs we heard tonight, uh, My Body Says Yes by Titio. That's when Brandon and Dylan are talking at the beach. Uh, I Don't Get Much Sleep Anymore by Chris Luke during the Restless Night Slumber with Brandon and Dylan. You Are the Everything. That was when Dylan is sleeping in the cabana and, and having his breakdown. That's by R.E.M. And The Whole You Cut 
by maybe Ted, maybe Ted, uh, when Dylan again breaks in. So I guess that's all the DVD version. So that might be the one we heard, which was uh, a very ridiculous song. <laughs> the version we heard uh, was not yeah. quite REM. Uh, all right. Other trackers we have. New characters. I only had Kyle. I don't think I missed anyone, right? He was our only debut. Yeah, I think just Kyle Connors. Yeah. Okay. Uh, relationships. I went with Kyle and Kelly. I went with Jim and Dylan, which is kind of a new now. It's something growing here. And uh, David and Donna. Dylan's mother does get mentioned. Um, we don't, I don't know if that. I guess that doesn't. No, count I think we got to wait till we see her. And like, yeah. I didn't put Jack either. Like, I think we got to wait. Yeah. Well, him. we have seen Jack. Oh, already, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Once. Um, again, whichever actor it was. But um, yeah, don't have to worry about him. Uh, and for places and things, I just put Jack McKay's indicted. Like, I think that's like a big thing that happens. Um, yeah. I don't think we had any new places or any new like objects debut. Various cabanas <laughs> that um, I don't know. I guess we we lean on some of these anonymous cabanas with a little bit more specificity. Like we established that that one was where. Dylan grew up. I don't know how important that is. Like Kelly. Yeah, and I could put these down. All right. McKay Cabana. Seem to have their own. Yeah. Taylor Cabana. And then Donna had one too, right? I believe so. That seemed to be where she and David were hanging out. All right. I'll throw all of those on there. All right. So our character rankings, we had three characters that did not appear off our main list. That is Scott Scanlon, uh, Nat, and Henry Thomas. So they all get zeros. I've already yeah. gone ahead and plugged in Andrea uh, at the bottom because I think I would agree. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's barely here. Uh, yeah. All right. Now it gets tough because I feel like everyone else played a, a pretty good role here. Um, who would be next for you guys? Is it the David Donna combo? Hmm. Thanks. I feel like everyone else played a pretty good role. David, Donna, Jackie are kind of in a group together, I think. I guess Jackie is going to be at the bottom of that. Yeah, yeah. got to rank Jackie now for, for something yeah, other she gets than the zero. Points. She gets some points. Gets some points. Um, On the board. Maybe Would you go David or Donna and, higher? Right. Um, I don't know. That, that cross-dressing scene is pretty funny. Um, yeah. And quote-unquote edgy in its own way for 1991. So, yeah, maybe put Jackie just above Andrea and then Dave and Donna in whatever order. doesn't really matter. I guess Donna did more, a little bit more than David in this one. So we'll go with her above. Okay. All right, now it gets a little tough. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> let me ask you this. Would you have Brandon below Steve, Kelly, Cindy, Jim, Brenda Dillon? Right. Or would you have him above any of those? I mean, he's very much on the sidelines for this one. Yeah, he's backseat um, Jones. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I might go Steve, then Brandon, but I could be talked out of that. Brandon tells his, his best friend to never mind his mom being a terrible mother to him. <laughs> Don't sweat your dad. Going 
<laughs> yeah, he, he he did more than Steve. I, I this, this the Steve line about the A game was so fucking good. Um, I know, I know. That's fine. He's Steve right does there. so much with so little is the thing. All right, we'll put Brandon above Steve. We'll go Cindy above Brandon though. I think yeah. that's fair. Uh, do you want to do Kelly or Cindy higher? Mm. I mean, Kelly impressed me a lot in this episode, but so did Cindy. So. I think I would go Kelly. That's I think I would too. Choice. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So our top three, I think we know Dylan's number one, right? Are we on board with that? Or do you want to push for Jack, uh, for Jim? Hmm. I would like to give it to Dylan just because I think mm-hmm. it's been a little while since he took that top spot and he really did bust his ass. Just Luke Perry acting wise, um, kind of owned this episode. Um, right. Not that, uh, again, James Ackhouse was any slouch, but, um, hmm, yeah, I, I would have him, you know, I, I think that's kind of our, our order, Brenda, then Jim, then Dylan. Brenda, Thoughts? then Jim, then Dylan. Okay. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Marcus? Uh, or do you want to make your case for Jim? Now's your chance. Nah, nah, Jim. I, I, I would get Dylan at the top and then, uh, Jim number two, followed by okay. Brenda. Okay. okay. Wasn't as hard as we thought. No. So uh, we have Scott, Nat, and Henry at the bottom, then Andrea, then Jackie, then David, then Donna, Steve, Brandon, Cindy, Kelly, Brenda, Jim, Dylan. Uh, Tim, what's going on elsewhere in the world of our multiple podcast networks? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I would just say if you're not subscribed to this podcast, um, please subscribe. If, if you're listening to it, then why aren't you subscribed? Hopefully you're enjoying the show. We are. 9021 so I would um, also like to welcome um, perhaps any newer listeners. If you've come to this podcast from uh, Reddit, the the uh, 90210 subreddit there, um, I, I may have been uh, publicizing this podcast a little bit as I um, participate more in that Reddit fan community. Very lively group of people. Uh, Fans of the show, a lot, a lot of Brenda stands over there on Reddit to, to no great surprise. Um, so if, if you found us through that channel, um, welcome. We hope you will stick around. Um, if you found us maybe through uh, a Facebook group with JT, I know that um, you've done the rounds on as well. Um, we're very happy to have you. We, um, I don't know, we've mentioned this, but we have an email address for the show as well. Uh, it is 9021noso at gmail.com. So uh, if you're interested in dropping us a line, uh, by all means, you can take advantage of that email account. Perhaps we will do a, uh, a, a mailbag edition of the show at some point. That would be fun, maybe in an off week or something, uh, just to see what the feedback is. Um, of course, this uh, podcast is an affiliate of the North-South Connection so a spinoff, in fact, of the North-South Connection podcast network, where you'll find just a variety of really eclectic content, uh, a lot of pro wrestling-related shows over there, um, hosted by JT and Marcus. I even have a little presence as well. Um, Got to keep up my end of the bargain, certainly. Uh, but comics and pop culture, just 
sports, a bevy of, of treasure trove of great stuff over on the North-South Connection, where this podcast uh, got its name and got its start. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Psych68, uh, C-Y-K-E-6-8 on Twitter. I'm going to try to be better about, um, you know, just tweeting the show out and, and uh, socializing uh, and, and getting back on the horse there on, on Twitter after a bit of a, let's say, much needed mental health break. Uh, Marcus, anything you would like to promote, my friend? Uh, yeah, despite my expertise in uh, Blossom and, <laughs> and Joey Lawrence sitcoms, uh, I do not have any other podcasts here other than wrestling-related content on the North-South Connection uh, with JT, and that is Wrestling Above Replacement, where we take a look at WWE pay-per-views and we give them kind of an analytical uh, breakdown. And uh, also, after every WWE pay-per-view or premium live event in AEW pay-per-view, uh, I'm here on the North-South Connection for viewer's choice with my best friend, not the tool man, Tim Taylor. And uh, we kind of give you a quick uh, hit or miss style, what to watch, what to skip, uh, breakdown of a pay-per-view. We usually don't go over 30 to 45 minutes. So uh, that's what I'm doing here. And uh, that's it for me. Yeah. And I would just say if, if you are a pro wrestling fan, um, you're probably exposed to a variety of different podcasts. If you haven't heard of or if you haven't checked out the content over on North-South, um, do yourself a favor and and get on that. Uh, this is not kind of your run-of-the-mill bullshit wrestling podcast stuff, if, if I can be so bold. This is, I mean, there, there's a real original spin to the shows that, that these guys put together um, and produce over there. Um, so if you're looking for just kind of a different flavor of wrestling podcasts, a little outside the norm, um, with more originality than by all means, um, head on over to the North South connection. JT, how are all our right. composite rankings looking? We're about ready here. So let's buckle in. Just do one last swap. All right. So through season two alone, Here's where we stand. Uh, we have Scott Scanlon in the last place with two points. Jackie Taylor with five points now. Napasuccio with 11. Donna Martin with 16. So nice little showing for her to bump up. Andrea Zuckerman with 17. David Silver with 18. So everyone's kind of stacked up together here. Henry Thomas at 19. Stagnant since he did not appear tonight. Uh, we had Steve Sanders and Kelly Taylor tied at 21, fittingly enough. We then have Cindy Walsh at 26. Then we kind of hop up to the top tier. Brandon Walsh at 36. Brenda Walsh at 36. Jim Walsh at 37. In second place to Dylan McKay with 39. So you can tell the season two is already going very differently um, for us than season one did when you look at how some of this shakes out. And now we have our all-time rankings. Forgive me if any of these seem incorrect with the math. It's it's a lot of uh, jumbling here on the go. But we have Jackie Taylor in last place with 18, right behind uh, Henry Thomas at 19, Napa Succio at 61, Scott Scanlon at 66. Donna Martin makes a nice little jump up with 97 now. David Silver up to 145. Andrea Zuckerman at 160. Kelly Taylor at 190. Cindy Walsh at 193. Jim Walsh. At 195, so he passes her. Dylan McKay at 199, Steve Sanders at 202, 
And then Brandon Walsh at 277, still in second now to Brenda. Or actually, that's a new change. She was in first last episode. Uh, Brenda now takes the lead with 279. So anything uh, jump out of you is surprising there or seem about right? I, I think it's starting to settle into what you would expect, really. I, I like Brenda taking the lead. That that does feel right. Um, I think we're going to see a big ascent from Dylan uh, but it, it just makes all the sense in the world to me to have like a Brandon, Brenda, Dylan triumvirate sort of at the top. Um, I mean, I, I continue to be surprised at the Wolf parents making pretty good showings here into season two. Um, but I mean, I don't know why that surprised me considering all the drama we're going to get out of right. Dylan and Brenda and Jim and just everything that is ahead for for those three so yeah uh i think scott has done better than i would expect in the all time um just in the sense that he's not like dead last we forget you know these characters like jackie um who just don't make a ton of appearances mm-hmm. and you know henry thomas is so new um so and i had honestly forgotten that scott even made had put in even one appearance so far <laughs> right two. i think it was that brief one in the, like, in the how does he get two? Oh yeah he was in the season premiere for two seconds mm-hmm. all right all right well we're gonna wrap things up there we'll be back in three weeks with our next episode it's exciting as always marcus want to thank you for joining us yet again sure thanks for back soon in. appreciate it yes uh all right tim have a little dim sum a little dim sum we'll talk to you soon Sometimes I feel like I can't